My message today is how to be brave Christian, how to be a brave Christian. Since everybody had such fun this weekend, had a parade, which I wanted to go see, but because of COVID, I wouldn't. But uh, I looked at it on TV because I love parades, and I used to try to take my little kids down to the parade of Martin Luther King when they were young. I always loved the bands when they come through there dancing. just excited me with a parade. I used to take Tim and, Jen, and Ken, uh, Kennedy and Ari down to Martin Luther King and stand in the cold and eat sandwiches and, and watch the parades and all that was so much fun to me. And I started thinking about last night, the Braves, all this celebration and everybody, thousands of people in the city. What is it? And the Lord said, Tell them Sunday morning how to be a brave Christian. I called one of my deacons. I said, you know, I don't know much about the brave, but tell me where they get this subject from. Where did that title come from? He said to me, Deacon Denard, he said, remember, that's about uh, the Indians. When one grew up into manhood, they would give him, put him out in the wilderness somewhere and only give him one little instrument to fight. And whatever he had to do, he had to conquer for how many weeks they left him out there. And he had to show he was a man if he survived. And if he survived that, he came back a man and he could get married. That was the test. How brave are you on your own? Can you stand the, the, the tragedies and things that's going to come after you? Can you stand the prison, the, 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 the criticism? Can you stand an animal attacking you? Can you fight back? Can you show us you brave enough to show us you a man to get out on your own and take a wife and a family? And I said, I got it, D. I got it. That's what I want. I told Bob, I said, Bob, I'm going to preach about how to be brave like the Braves. She said, no, really, talk about a Christian. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'm messing with Hilda. <laughs> I said, let me talk about Christian because you know brave not in the Bible. I said, but it is in the Bible. I want to talk about a few people that were brave, how to be a brave Christian. Are you ready? Yes. Now, the first thing I want you to know, uh, we look at Joshua chapter 1. And you'll find out what God told Joshua when you read it on your own. God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. But you are going to have to take them and lead them on into the promised land. God said to Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. The task is going to be great. You're going to have to fight for what you want. But you've got to stand strong and be brave and take it. Can you take them further where Moses left off? I want to throw this in for free. God said, my, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now watch this. God didn't say he was dead. He said, my servant, Moses, is dead. You need to remember, no matter who die around you, God's not dead. You need to remember when your pocketbook's dead. You need to remember when your health is dead. You need to remember that whatever you face that's dead, God's not dead with it. God said, Moses, my servant is dead. He didn't say we did. And if you keep that in mind, you can be praying. He said to Joshua, I want you to know Moses had to go. He had served his time. You take them and go on from there. Now show you strong and can take it like Moses. Now you can imagine Joshua saying, three million people that what I just saw Moses went through, and now you want to pick me? They gripe, they fuss, they grumbling people, they change overnight. <laughs> You can't go up on the mountain and get the law without them getting a calf. Change it overnight. You ever seen some folk change overnight? Brother, you ever seen how your wife looking one day and this neck change overnight? <laughs> what happened all of a sudden? <laughs> you ever seen your husband all right smile one day and next day you don't know what changed overnight? People change overnight on you. But Israel changed overnight on God. 
They were praising God one minute, and soon as Moses disappeared, they went back to a golden calf. Changed overnight. And Joshua saw all that. He saw how hard-headed they were that God had to let snakes uh, come into camp and bite them because they grumbled and they fussed all the time. There are some people you can't never please. There was a lady one time, a man was coming to a church and she always fussed. She now, he brought his son with him and she started complaining. She said, now look here. Here he is walking with his son and got a mule at home. What a shame when he can ride the mule. The man heard her complaining, so he went back and got the mule and he decided to ride the mule and let the boy walk. She looked out and said, now, isn't that a shame? This big old grown self riding the mule and that poor little old boy walking. Then he went back to try to shut him out, and he decided to put both of them on the mule. And she saw that. She said, now, isn't that a shame? Two big old selves sitting on that poor little old mule. So he decided next time he'd go back and leave the mule and come back. She's not in that a shame. Walking and got a mule. Could never please her. And some folk you can't never please. No matter what you do. Think about this. Joshua saw all that. He saw how hard-headed he was. I believe Moses had ulcers. He had caught us. Moses got so mad with those people and God got so mad with them, God wanted to kill them. God wanted to wipe them out. But Moses intervened. And Abraham, all of them intervened. You know how they talked, how they stopped God? They said, God, if you kill them, think about all the other countries that got their gods that say you couldn't even take care of them in the wilderness. I used to preach a sermon on that, a man who changed God's mind. God was finna kill them. He got tired of those Israelites. But Moses intervened. You can't wipe them out. What are all these other gods going to say? You couldn't even take care of them. You got them out of Egypt and couldn't provide. And God backed off and changed his mind. Can you get so close to God you can change his mind? Tell me that'll preach right there. <laughs> You'll tear that up. And look, Joshua knew how hard-headed, and I'm sure Joshua said, me? You want me to take these folks? Do you know who you're telling me to lead? God said, be strong. How? I want you to be brave. I want you to be a brave Christian. I want you to be a brave soldier. You have learned from Pharaoh. People said that one time Joshua was a general in Egypt's army. So you have been through these things. You know how to be a general. But right now, Moses is gone. Mama, what happened when your husband died? Husband, what happened when your wife died? What happened when somebody you lead, you raise your children and one leave you? You know what you're going to learn? You're going to learn how to live without you're going to learn how to survive without. And there are times God is teaching us that. I depended on my son so much and loved him so much. I just, I Lord him walking like me, talking like him. And God went at that one. Teaching me, do you love anything more than you love me? Do you know how to survive without it? And a preacher walked up to me in the convention one time and said to me, Fleming, he took away your left hand so you can use your right hand. For that, I started preaching the harder. I started preaching the more. During this pandemic, you never saw nobody's face but mine. I wouldn't let no one of them preach. I wouldn't let nobody else preach. For two years straight, I have stood here during this pandemic and preached every sermon. Amen. Why? I had to show strength. I, people need to see the leader in a crisis. When there's a crisis, they need to see your face. When Moses was there and hurled up the rod, they always won. But when his hand dropped, they lost. They needed to see him. This is what God is saying to Joshua. 
I am with you. And if I'm with you, you can do it. Be strong. Face your enemies. I know you got uh, pitchforks and knives and they got chariots. But it's not about what they have. It's what I have. I know the devil is great, but he's not greater than God. I know your enemies are great, but greater is he that is in me. But Joshua said, oh, by God, how am I going to lead these people? I don't have Moses. I don't have my support. God said, I'll be with you. How do you stand to be a brave Christian? Are you ready for this? You have to know God. You have to know God. You have, and then God said, read my word. Read the word. Listen. There's no way in the world you can be a brave Christian without this brave book. When I say this brave book, I could take you through so much about how the Bible came to be, how it was the oral tradition, how the Dagalaw, if I'm saying it right, remember my school days, the 10 words, and all of the things that the people went through 1,500 years it took to create this book. And all the time while Christians were persecuted, they didn't have no Bible. A Bible didn't come until Constantine got saved and he asked for a Bible. Because you couldn't go and read the Bible. It was written in Latin. Only the priest could read. And you had to go there and sit and he would read. Blood and Mary would murder you if you had a Bible. They would persecute you if you had a Bible. Then Gutenberg presented the press. Then they could spread it out. But they, that's why Christians left England to come to America. Because they couldn't have a Bible of their own. You don't understand what this book has gone through so you can get it. And it's the less read book, but it's still the bestseller. You need to get this word. And, and, and I heard Reverend Junior say something one time, and it shook me, he said, to preach it. He said, you don't just get the Bible and read it to preach a sermon. He said, the only time some of you are reading it, and he write, is when you got to preach it. He said, but have you ever read it for the word? That's why he know it so much. You got to read it. When you don't preach preachers, you look, let me tell some of you all how to get power with the word. Just start reading the Psalms. Just start reading. Start reading Psalms 1. Okay, start reading it and just read each one of them. That's the whole year. If you start with the Psalms, reading the Psalms, just read it verse by verse, a verse a day. If you're an apple a day, eat an apple a day and keep the doctor away. Read the word and you keep the devil away. If you just start just reading, so I don't know how to read it. Start in the Psalms. Just start reading that every morning when you get up and read it in the evening. Read it morning and night and, and meditate on it. Be like a cow. A cow meditate. A cow got two stomachs. It's choose food and all day long. Chew it. That's called, and he puts the food in the stomach, two stomachs, and it meditates. Chewing, digesting it. And you know what the, the cow was saying? You know what? I had some grass this morning that I like. He'll gurgitate that back up out of the other storm and chew that. And then swallow that. Say, you know what? I had some banana pudding grass the other day. <laughs> He'll gurgitate that back. All day long, you know how a cow just chew. Got two stomachs. And it'll bring it back up and chew it again. That's what you need to do with the word. You need to bring it up and chew on it all day. And you'll stop lying. <laughs> so God is telling him, a uh, young man, his mother gave him a Bible, and he didn't want it. And she said, I just want you to keep it when you get in the service. When he got in the service, the bullets were flying here and there, and a bullet hit him, and it stopped in the Bible. And he said, wow, the Bible protect me. That's how God's word will protect you. The devil doesn't want you in this book. When you start reading this to that old crazy mess you all read on Facebook all day, if you just start reading this, and another thing I find that help you, I know my wife do it all the time, just put your iPhone on Bible verses. I did it last night, and it's reading and playing the music. 
and getting that word all in you while you're sleeping. See, the devil cannot stand a child of God who grows his Bible because that's power. And that's how come folk can't fool you coming to your door knocking on the door when you know this. They came to my door, Jehovah Witness knocking on my door, and I said, it's going to be fun. They don't know they had a big Baptist preacher door. They came in there, I said, come in. And I said, they said, I said, talk to me. They said, well, it ain't going to be, but you know a part of your soul is your body. I said, really? Yeah. He said, we don't believe in blood, you know, transfusion, all that. We don't believe in that. And I said, well, I combed my hair and I lost some of my hair. I guess I lost some of my soul. They looked. And I asked them again. I already studied Charles Russell in college. I said, well, tell me about more of that. I know about the lawsuits and all the stuff he went through. And they said, well, it ain't going to be but 144,000 saved. I said, really? That's all I ain't going to be. I said, well, I checked research on you. You got three million members. Now, if it ain't going to be but 144,000 saved, what you at my door for? <laughs> you already over your number. You got three million. Ain't gonna be but a hundred for you. Don't need me. <laughs> I don't get up attacking folk religion now. I know that's bad, but I'm just driving a point. If you don't know your Bible, you'll follow for anything. You know there are religions that deny Jesus is the Son of God. Some religions say he got married to Mary, had a child. The whole kind of lies. That people will put up on the Bible if you don't know it. And you go joining their movements, don't know nothing. God said, I got the Bible. Now let's move on to another point. To be a brave Christian, you got to take a challenge. You can't be successful if you're not ready to take a challenge. And it's a challenge to want to be different. Um, I made up in my mind to break a generation curse in the family. Nobody in my family finished college. Now, here I am trying to pass a big church, growing, busting out a wall and something here, got a wife and three babies, and trying to pass a hard-headed folk who they want to change and build a church. They like to kill me. I had to go in more house. I got so bad off, the doctor told me, you got to lighten off, son. I'm 36 years old, almost in a hospital of a heart attack. I tried to take on a full load, four classes, and it like killed me, trying to keep up with the little old smart boys don't have nothing else to think about. <laughs> Sitting up there in the class, and they don't have nothing to do but go to school. I'm running out the classroom trying to go to a funeral. I couldn't go to chapel. I was burying so many members, and it was hard. But I came out, took one course, went back, Took two courses, hung in there six years. Took me to get out. But I kept saying, I'm going to break a generation curse. How you break a generation curse? Start with you. My brother died at 46. My oldest brother, my other brother died at 52. My mother died at 63. I lost my oldest sister to cancer. All my aunts died of cancer. And I made up in my mind that I'm going to eat to my blood type, fight diabetes, but I had 25 years and ain't on no medicine, fight high blood pressure, and I made up in my mind to eat right and eat to my blood type. I said, I'm not dying of cancer. I'm breaking a curse. And if I live my mother, you start with you. I heard one lady quit a boy and she left him and I asked her why. She said, I ain't raised no ignorant children. If you ain't going to go to school and I'm going, I ain't raising no ignorant children. You know what? You have to make it in your mind that you're not going to sit on welfare because your mother was on it. You have to break that generation curse. I did a study on that that most kids come when the mama's on welfare, the children get on it. And you have to make sure I'm going to make my own money. I want to raise my children to work for themselves. And I look for a handout. Break the curse. Yeah. 
And that's what make you breathe. Ready for a challenge. Ready for it. And God told him, I'm with you. When you know God is with you, you can be brave. You got to know who's with you. Moses couldn't be brave. How could Moses be brave? D, he met God at a burning bush. That encounter with God gave him the bravery. The fact that what, how do you know that God is with you? Do anybody know? Talk back to me. That's it. Deke, you heard me preach that. That's why you know how to say that. Every time you go through something, you keep coming out. That's when you know you're in the will of God. Everything you go through, you keep looking back. But I came out. God didn't say, I kill all Egyptians in the water. Why are you doubting me? Why are you scared? Because of what the doctor saw. Plead the blood. Why are you afraid? Stand and look the devil in the face and say, you're not killing me. I will live and not die. I'm the head and not the tail. I am going to come out of this. And when you come out, you need to say, God did it. How do you know God did it? I got counsels of our people sitting up in here look like it never, never happened. And I kept telling them, trust God. Just look to God. Do what the doctor said, but look what Jesus did. You plead their blood. And I tell them, come to church, sit. Come to church and pay. Stay under the covering. And you see how they look? Brave Christian. I would never, deacon, you all, I wouldn't have to insult none of you all by coming to church when you are ordained deacon. Why? I laid hands on you. We prayed over you. You ain't no ordinary man. It's what you see. Now let's jump to one more. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Look at Peter. A brave Christian. Who you know ever walked on water? Moses divided the water, but he didn't walk on it. Noah floated on the water, but he never walked on it. Elijah called down fire from heaven, but he didn't walk on water. They baptized Naaman in water, but he didn't walk on it. John the Baptist was the greatest preacher at that time, but he never walked on water. Elijah called down fire from heaven, but he didn't walk on no water. Nehemiah built the walls, but he didn't walk on no water. I don't know nobody, a human being, ever walked on water. Because the density of the body is greater than the density of water. Gravitation pulls down. And if you get on water, you're going down. I don't understand people talk about water. Love water. And I ain't never understood this. I don't understand how people can go out in the beach and get in water and when it rains, run out. <laughs> I said, well, you've been in the water. And then, have you noticed when the rain starts, everybody running from the beach? You were just in the water. And just running from water. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. Peter, I know people say, well, he was no brave Christian. He was a coward. He denied Jesus. But you got to look at what he did that nobody did. Jesus come walking on the water when the disciples were in a ship, and he, he was up in the mountain praying, and evidently while he was talking to the Father, he looked down and saw him. Battling with the storm. You're never out of the eyes of God. Whatever you're going through, remember, he's watching. He came walking out the water, out the, off the mountain. I think he just kept his eyes on them. He wasn't paying attention where he was walking. So he walked off land and kept walking on the water without looking down. His power was on his feet. And as he walked out on the water to go see them, when they saw him, they said, 
a ghost. I've been on the Sea of Galilee four or five times. My greatest sermon I ever heard my wife preach was on the Sea of Galilee. And she said, I ain't no preacher. But we were on that ship that day, and Sister Fleming, white and black on that ship, turned loose. I asked her to say a few words. She turned loose around there, hacking like a gun, and go, oh, look, ha, and oh, ha. I said, Sister Fleming, good God. And the white folk and the black got to shout, and I drove, y'all hold this boat now. I said, I ain't know my wife can push it like that. And we were on that ship, and, but I noticed the minute we pulled off, it was pretty and sunny. And right before we got to on the next shore, a storm came on us. And I said, oh, God. The man said, y'all sit down. We kept rowing, rowing, and we kept moving in. We kept the head, you know, engine. They kept going, going, going. And we barely made it. He said, that's just how quick, remember? Well, I'm a white man. That's why she quit preaching so hard. You know, that ship was, that storm was out there. But he said, that's how the disciples can get in a storm that quick. It can be pretty, and before you know it, you're in a storm. It was pretty that day, but before they knew it, they were in a storm. And in the middle of the sea, wow, fishermen knew how to handle a storm. And hollering, we're scared. What are we going to do? And Jesus came walking. Here's the point. Why was he walking on the water? He was walking on what they were scared of. Y'all right. gonna get that later. Right. Look, God is on top of what's trying to drown you. When he comes, he walks on top of your debt that's trying to drown you. He walks on top of your sickness that's trying to drown you. He walks on top of your enemy that's trying to stop you. Whatever you going through, remember, God got it under his feet. Got the devil under my feet. Got the devil under my feet. Holy Ghost holding him down, Lord. Holy Ghost holding him down, Lord. Holy Ghost holding him down, down, down under my feet. What? That's my biggest hit. Malico just had to give me rights. Sent me a little check for $400 last week. So we got them, it's yours. Dion Sanders and come out here and put it famous all over the world, uh, singing my song, and I had no idea. Somebody sent it to me, it's on Facebook. Dion Sanders won the game about the devils or whatever, and he come out singing, got the devil, and forward that. That's my song. I wrote it. I got it. The copyright's mine. But the biggest recording we ever put out. You got the devil. God got the devil under his feet. And he walking on what's trying to kill you. And watch this. <laughs> Running out of time. Let me know when I'm late. So here's what happened. When they got to Peter, the brave Christian of all of them, Jesus said, be not afraid. It is I. That was just like him saying, I am that I am to Moses. Don't be afraid. It is I. And here's where the brave Christian Peter said, the self-appointed spokesman, impetuous Peter, he said, if it's you, <laughs> then let me walk. Now, most of you always said, if it's you, Jesus, then, then come on board. <laughs> you would have never been brave enough to say, if it's you, let me walk on the water. And you know what Jesus told him? Come. I'd like to come back and do a series on sermons on the word, come. Jesus did say, God's favorite word is come. Our favorite word should be, I came. Jesus said, come. Why did Jesus tell him to come? He respected his bravery. He respected, look, you can't have some things until you get out the boat. You have to dare the impossibility. 
You can't conquer some things until you learn how to get out around boat dwellers. The folk who are in the boat not going to have what you have can't do what you do because they are boat dwellers. They are boat mentalities. They don't know how to step out and be a brave person and dare the impossibility. If you want to have something you never had, you have to do something you never done. You can walk on water if God says so. But here's the point that I want to drive. You got to be careful where you're looking. He was, excuse me, he was walking. But he looked somewhere else. You can't be brave if you're looking the wrong way. I wanted to preach on, it depends on where you're looking. <laughs> That's what I want to preach, driving back from summer here. I don't want to preach about it depends on where you look. It does depend on where you look if you want to be successful. You know what? Your eyes can get you in trouble. Bless you. You don't think I'm powerful with that? Adam and Eve lost what they had because of where they were looking. If they hadn't been around looking at the fruit, the devil wouldn't attempt them. What messed up David? He was looking somewhere. If he had been out there fighting like all the other soldiers, no, he up there having a vacation on the rooftop and looked down there and saw that pretty mama jamma. Now, people try to talk about she wasn't doing nothing but bathing. He wasn't up there on the top looking. The woman wasn't bothering him. Because he's the king on the high level, he saw her bathing. Yeah. If he had been looking somewhere else, he wouldn't have got in trouble. That's right. That's right. And then when took her from her husband, yeah. had her husband killed, yeah. and got her, yeah. and God said, because of what you've done, destruction won't be in your house. Yeah. And then one of his own sons rose up yeah. to take his throne. God said, I'm going to always let you pay the price. Yes, sir. You got to be careful where you look. There's power in a look. Let me tell you something. If Peter had kept his eyes on Jesus and start looking around, he would have never lost his faith. Look at somebody and say, you need to stop looking around and look up. Stop looking around at your debt and look at Jesus. Stop looking around at your in-laws who are outlaws and look at Jesus. Stop looking around at your past. Let your past pass. It's over with. Move on. Stop looking at old pictures and you don't look like that no more. You left the Negro and I want to look at his picture. Burn it up! <laughs> He's not yours anymore. Let it go. I know you were hurt. But let me tell you why God let us get hurt. So we'll stop looking at stuff and look at him. God allow Christians to get messed up and hurt to teach us the importance of needing him. That's why God let things happen. To keep us looking where? Up. Not looking around. Not looking at family members. Not looking at everybody else's weakness. Not looking at yours. Take your weakness and everything bothers you and you keep looking to Jesus. Now that's how you're brave. Not because you're strong. The God that's over you is strong. And God will let things go wrong to keep you focusing on him. And I know I'm right. I pray my best problem, pray, I pray my best prayer when something's going wrong. I preach my best sermon when I'm mad. 
God said, preach it out. Amen. That's why I stayed loyal here during the pandemic. God gave me the strength and I came strong every Sunday. See, you turn to God when stuff go wrong, you don't understand. God didn't tell Joshua, uh, I hadn't preached by uh, marching around no walls of Jericho. He said, just march. And I'm sure Joshua said, well, where are we going to fight? Just do what I say. Well, how are we going to fight these, these enemies going to come at? We don't have nothing but knives and pick forks. They got chariot. God said, just do what I say. How are we going to get over the wall? We're going to go over and climb over and kill them? God said, just do what I want. Well, what is that? Just march. Well, what are we going to do? Just march. March around the wall seven days. What? Well, what's going to happen after seven days? God never tell you what he's going to do. Just do what he said. And they did it and kept marching around the wall. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You look like a fool. You always look like a fool when you're a child of God. You go to church and sit. You're a fool. That's right. I'm a fool for Christ's sake. Amen. I, I got fired off my job. God's going to give me another. Well, what's we going to church for? Because I'm a fool for Christ's sake. One man said to Dr. Morgan, said, you are a fool. He said, yes, I'm a fool. Now, whose fool are you? At least I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? you everything about obeying God is foolish. And guess what? They marched around the last time and went to singing, and the wall boom, fell down. God never makes sense. Focus on him. Keep your eyes on him. The devil wants your eyes off. Stephen. I don't have time to preach him. The first deacon of the church, they stone. They'll get you deep. <laughs> when you become a deacon, you were the pastors. The deacon right there under the pastor, his armor bearer. The devil going to attack you because he attacks me. You're a man of God. And he know you ain't not the man you used to be. You are God's man now. I don't care if your wife don't think so. I didn't ordain her. When they picked the deacon, they didn't mention their wife. Deacon S and Mother Boy, they ain't no, in no Bible. They honor you, putting you on the mother as an honor. The only officer in that Bible is a deacon. Read the word. And how they came about? Because the women were fussing about money. So the deacon board was created in a mess to keep out a mess. And sometimes they the first one bring it in. Created in a mess to keep out a mess. Protecting the pastor. Protecting the church. So he can stay in the word, not worrying about the church. Pastor, what you need us to do today? You need me to come over and fix something? You stay home in that word. I need a word Sunday morning. Don't kill the pastor. That's why you're here. Good deacon Esther tell him, get up and go over there and see what pastor needs you to do without paying everybody, breaking the church. Is that some teaching there? Yes. Yes. The devil, oh, he after you. Yes. The minute you become a deacon, he wants you like he wants me. Yes. If you fall, I fall. Yes. When the church, oh, I shouldn't have to walk out here after church going behind you, cutting off the gas lights and last when all the doors open. Oh, wide open. You know how I am when you leave here. Fleming ain't going nowhere. I'm walking behind you. I'm going to left the doggone hell. <laughs> Go in the barrel. Who that left the door open? That's a pastor when you become that. You got to do it. Be a good steward. Let me tell you something. Stephen was bold in this. They, he was so bold, he stood up against them and put them in their place about Jesus. 
I don't have time to teach all that. He said, you murdered the Savior. The Bible pointed to him and y'all killed him. Yeah. And they hated Jesus' name. Yeah. They didn't like Jesus, these Jews. And you're going to stand up here brave enough to tell us, we out of order. Wow. Stephen said, I'm a brave Christian. You all wrong. You murdered Jesus. A deacon preaching. A deacon's supposed to be able to preach. What if I, Reverend Junior, Jackie don't make it? Pastor in a car wreck. Couldn't make it. You're supposed to get up and say, now turn your Bible. And my text is deaconology. <laughs> Did you know what? If the pastor can't come and no son or daughter here, something happens. You know who's supposed to be up here? Deacon. He's supposed to take that Bible, know that Bible, and preach and open the doors of the church. And if I'm not here, he can baptize. But you got to know the Bible to preach. The Bible says Stephen knew the word. And chairman of the board of deacons, I wonder if they wanted to pick you and call your name. Uh, Brother John, church said, oh, God, no. <laughs> Brother Lewis, what? <laughs> uh, let's pick something for a chairman. Oh, pastor, are you dreaming? But when they call Stephen name, everybody, oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Hey, he the one. And they made him chairman. And the devil went at him. Yeah. You got to be a brave deacon. A brave Christian. You can't be brave if you don't know no Bible. And don't know how to pray. I had a deacon in my church, Deacon Harris, two deacons. That deacon Harris, we call him Godfather. He the one told me how to dress. I used to be preaching nothing but a black robe. I wouldn't wear nothing. Just a black suit and dirty shoes. <laughs> Didn't care nothing about you, Bradley. And Deacon Harris said, we got to get country out of him now. <laughs> when I came here, I preached on black roads. And oh, no, we got to get a little of that country out of him now. Harris said, where, 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 where these shoes? What I said, that they all right, Deacon Pastor. One of them, Reverend, your shoes need shining. Reverend, where you get this old cheap suit at Walmart or Kmart? I said, that looks all right. And I preach them, burn them up, knock them out. But Harris said, we got to get the country out of <laughs> So the deacons got together and gave me a $10,000 ring on my birthday in the basement. And they carried me to a store downtown. Harris took me. Godfather Harris, just take him around somewhere, Dick. He don't know nothing about Atlanta. And he went to taking me to some nice stores and showed me how to buy some nice clothes. And threw away all that old cheap stuff I had. And you saw me, I had a ring on here, had a, a, a bracelet here when you all came, had a jerry curl. And, <laughs> and boy, when he broke that eyes, I've been buying suits ever since. <laughs> and somebody makes a old flip in that chair, thank God, Deacon Harry, Godfather, you got that old country out of me. And when the anointing came on me, I got rid of all of it. Yeah. Took off my bracelet, gave my wife the ring, took the thing off my neck, and the gold chain too. The anointing said, you don't need all that. Preach God's word. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? When Stephen stood there, a brave Christian, and told them all, they took stones. But how did he get to be that brave? Read the word. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Now some of you all are full, but they're not Holy Ghost. Some of you are full of hell. Full of pride. Full of envy. And God can't use you. We sisters and brothers in here. We're not supposed to be jealous of one another. We're supposed to be glad when my members got a nice coat, I holler, whoa! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't get jealous. I want you blessed. Yes. I like to see you coming here with those hair looking so nice. I see some hills in here, some valleys in here. 
Black folk can do all kinds of stuff with their hair. Science said you got the best hair. And it'll stay where you put it. And we're ashamed of it. Now they got makeup for our complexion to make you proud. I don't get mad about the women with the long hair. They're just trying to feel good. It's about feeling good about yourself. Come out of that old mess you used to be in, hating you. Amen. You go over to Egypt and you see how the Sphinx looked. When Napoleon went there and saw it, he shot off half the face. Shot the nose right off. Thick lip and flat nose. Didn't want history to see it. Look at the pyramids, how they look. You should be proud. Don't feel dehumanized. You're a human being made in the image God made you. That's right. That's right. Love white people and love black people. Yes, sir. All of us help made this world. Yes, yes, Lord. Love the hell God gave you. Yes. Love your skin. Yes. You got melanin in you. Yes, that you won't get cancer. Yes. And some people got other things in their body that they don't get, we get. Uh-huh. You got to learn. Oh, I talk all day. <laughs> they stoned him. For mm. yes. his bravery. But watch, St. Augustine said, now that's where Tim Jr. goes. You don't know I know a little history too. He said, if there hadn't been a Stephen, we'd probably never had a Paul. Mm-hmm. Why? Who was holding the coat when they stoned Stephen? Yes, sir. Saul. Paul. That's right. And could it be what he saw? How that man died yes. being brave. And said he had the face of an angel. Wow. What's an angel face? It's some, huh? What's an angel face? Somebody been around God. Because the radiance of God, but you hang around, you look like. You go hang around a lot of drunk, you're going to look like one. He said, I ain't had a drunk drink of liquor, you not like, but you look like when you hang around drunk. Yes, <laughs> Did you not know a human face is powerful? That's what you tell children to bring home a happy face? Yeah. Or a sad face? Your face is so powerful that when we get to heaven, just to behold your face. Don't have to say nothing just to see you. Do you know why it's so important that somebody want to see the pastor and not hear some sin somebody want to see his face? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's how powerful your face is. He had an angel's face because he'd been around the throne of God. And you look like what you hang around. Right. And wow, guess what they did? They stoned him. And Saul was sitting there looking. Kill him. Holy coat. Y'all holding the coat and somebody getting hurt and y'all like it. You go over there and say, hold that coat, Chambers, so I can whack! So I can throw it good. I know I got a little stomach. That's all right. That's old folk. I get rid of it. Let me write, baby. And keep this here covered up. <laughs> but let me tell you something. The fact that he prayed for them while they were stoning was his bravery. And that probably shook up Saul. That one day he saw the same light that Stephen had in his face. That's powerful. You don't know what I just said. The same light that was in Stephen's face, Paul met that light. And he changed. Finally, to be a brave Christian, you can't let people intimidate you. Keep your pride up into who you are. If they don't like you, that's their problem. That's it. Then you like you. Yeah. Yes, sir. You ought to like you so much that you don't worry about what they like. 
that do. Say, love me some me. Yeah. Bad grammar, but good preaching. <laughs> Look. And here's how they killed him. First, the, the person who accused you for being bold, they tie your hand. Historically, how it go. Then they put you on a cliff of the rock. Then the person who first accused you go and push you over the rock where you're supposed to die instantly. And when they push Stephen over the rock, the second person who accused you goes down and see if you're dead. And if you're not dead, he takes a big rock and crush your chest. And if that didn't kill you, all of them threw the rocks. That's how they killed him. And he looked up and said, I see God. And I see Jesus what? Standing at the right hand of the Father. And then he said, Lord, don't punish them. Forgive them. You know how you can forgive people? When you know they're ignorant. You know how you forgive your children? You know they're ignorant. Because we used to be ignorant. They don't know nothing. Overlook them. They don't come to church and you raise them, forget it. You did your part. They're just young and stupid. And when they get your age, they're going to tell them, Mama told me. Ignorance makes you overlook people. Some people just ignorant, don't know any better. And you don't hold it against them. He knew they were ignorant. He said, Lord, they don't know. Forgive them. I'm praying for them. And then he died and gave up the ghost. But what did he see when he was dying? I see Jesus standing beside the Father. He said, standing. Something will make God stand up. Let, let everybody stand so I can quit. He stood up and God stood up. I just want to show you how to be a brave Christian. Pray for your enemies. That's brave. Stop looking around and look up. Stay focused on Jesus today. Stay in that word today. Remember what pastor say when things hit you, it's the devil. He's trying to get your mind on him and off God. Am I looking at somebody today, and I don't want to be guilty of talking too long, no, we got to commune. And uh, I just want somebody to just hold your head up. And don't hurt yourself. Love you so much that you're not going to worry yourself about what people do. Because they're going to do what they're going to do, and you'll be dead worrying about it. Love you so much that you're not going to let nobody make you sick. All right? And just let it go and live. A doctor told me that one time when I was talking to him. He said, just live, Fleming. I said, he said, just live. And I want to tell you today, just live. And live every day at a time.